coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We'll see you in hell. Coming to Switch, summer 2019. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Doom Eternal coming to Switch, and then some sort of non-updates about the online service. Then on Thursday, come back for that, because we are going to be predicting, I would say with 100% accuracy, what the final Nintendo 3DS game is going to be. Uh, 100% accuracy, Mark? Do you think I'm overconfident in promising that? You know... I don't think we've ever been wrong before. I mean, historically, no. But, you know, they say that there is a first time for everything. Uh, That's only true of things that happen. Yeah, exactly. Things that don't happen? It will never happen. There's never a first. You know what there has been many firsts of is people friending us on the Switch. And we love it every single time. Every single time. Mark, we're going to be getting into it in a second, but I've been playing a little bit of Luigi's Balloon World um over this last weekend uh and it i don't know if the game like prioritizes your friends which would um, make sense which would make sense but i i feel like i am seeing the names of people who have friended me from this show and i'm finding your balloons and i'm popping your balloons and i'm collecting them coins so see if you can collect my balloons and collect my coins they're not my coins they're still luigi's coins Anyway, we love it. Our friend codes are in the description of this episode. So if you continue to do that, that'd be great. Also, if you want to uh, be our friends on non-Nintendo platforms, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We're on Facebook as well. The page is just called Nintendo Cartridge Society. Or you can send us an email for a couple of different reasons. Mark, why can people send us an email? All right. First of all, you've been hearing us talk about Sonic Forces for almost a year now well we took a break because my copy of sonic forces we i lent it out to someone it didn't come back it didn't come back it didn't come back it didn't come back but then it did then it did then god smiled upon us the clouds parted and sonic forces came soaring from the heavens landed in my lap softly and now we are lending it back out to you the listener mark why are we doing this because we got an email this week asking why we were doing this. <laughs> I mean, because this copy of Sonic Forces is cursed, like the VHS tape in the ring. Absolutely. So, okay, I guess we should have gotten to that earlier. Oh, yeah. But, oops. Right. When you play this game, uh, four days later, you die. I mean, it's it's you're spared, really, because after you play the game, you have the experience of having played the game. And the sweet release of death is all you'll be asking no, for. No, 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 no. We're doing it because... Look, you might be curious about Sonic Forces, mm-hmm. but you don't want to pay the money right. to experience it. We are being heroes. That's right. And you are right to be curious about it. It is a curiosity. Capital C, curiosity. If you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, just send your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. I send you the game. It's in an envelope within an envelope. One of those envelopes contains my address back to me and postage both ways. It costs you nothing your risk is zero except that you die at the end of four days <laughs> um what else can people do with our email address uh 
on September 13th. I was frantically looking, looking for I, the date. It was written down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On September 13th, we're going to release an episode where we definitively determine the best Zelda NPC of all time. Now, we were discussing this uh, last week. NPC, as far as Zelda games are concerned, is everyone but Link. Got an email from someone pointing out that's not 100% true, but I'm going to say it's everyone but Link. Uh, So if you want to represent your favorite character, if you like, like those weird lover characters from Majora's Mask. Right, or maybe you're like, what about that? those chickens that have a face? Yeah, what about the Oku face chickens? Someone's got to rep them, right? Someone's got to rep the like weird little boy who's like snot is always coming out of his nose from um, uh, Wind Waker. Someone's got to. That might as well be you. Email us your favorites or your least favorites to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And uh, then you've only got a month basically to do that. It's not four precious weeks. It's look, and time is fleeting. So like, and it's also money. Get out. (laughs) And it too will come soaring through the clouds and land gently in my lap. Um, You can do that. You can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. Mark, we're the podcast that keeps on giving. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. I already mentioned it, but Luigi's Balloon World uh, in Super Mario Odyssey. I was scrolling through Twitter, like I am wont to do when I am bored slash clinically depressed, and I saw uh, Danny O'Dwyer of Noclip um, tweeting about Dark Souls, because he's playing Dark Souls Remastered, uh, and I saw the, um, you know, the, the guy in the armor, and I was like, oh, I want to get. I want to go into Mario Odyssey and buy the armor that I never bought, like one of these extra costumes that came to it, um, you know, months after release. Uh, and I realized I didn't have enough coins to do this. Um, and I was like, the the best way to farm coins is something I've said before, so it must be true, is uh, to play Luigi's Balloon World. And it turns out that a that it, that remains true, um, and it's super fun. Uh, so I probably sunk like three or four hours into just getting coins and buying new outfits that I had never purchased before um, through doing Luigi's Balloon World. I love it. I like. I went to bed last night still thinking about it, which is weird. It, it's just like it, the game has a mode where you have an unlimited number of goals to pursue just forever. That's not bad, Mark. Yeah, I I uh, still have not checked it out. It's I. I, I know maybe we poo-pooed it when, when it first was announced. We were like, I want a new kingdom or whatever. Um, but this, it's awesome. It's, like, it's the perfect way to keep like, it's, it's a perpetual font of new content. Well, I remember when it first came out, there were some reports of you know, like people putting balloons in impossible places. In, in to, broken places. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, there are still some, like there, there, I will go to kingdoms where there are balloons that I don't know how to get. Um, that like people will know how to get there and put them there. And I'm like, I don't know how to get that balloon. Um, but you select which balloon you're going to chase. And it starts off by showing you what direction it's in and how far away it is. And so after like one or two times of going after an impossible balloon, you're like, okay, I don't go that direction for, you know, 134 Mario lengths or whatever it is, whatever the M stands for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, you can you can weed out those impossible balloons really easily. And like I said, when you get on uh 
th- there's always one kingdom where you get a special bonus for finding balloons. Um, and when you link that with uh, finding multiple balloons in a row, you just start to rack up these insane bonuses so that regardless of how many coins it's actually worth to get the balloon, you're getting bonuses that are like in total like 900 coins, oh, 800 wow. coins, something insane like that. So you're going after you, you spend 15 coins and then like come back with like a thousand. And it's like, what? Um, and that, you know, that will actually facilitate you getting to the, you know, 5,000 coins. Yeah, that, that you does need for seem like a really like efficient way to get coins for some of those costumes. Yeah. Um, so I love it. I don't have all the costumes yet because um, there are some of, they, they added all of the, the brutal costumes. Um, and so there are still a few of those that I need to um, collect. And I'm a little bit bummed that I'm going to get there. I'm going to have spent all of the coins um, and then just want to collect more coins that, and then like the cap on that is, is pretty low, like 9,999 coins. Um, there were multiple times where I was like, I need another decimal point. I need, I need this to go into, <laughs> I need to go into five digits. I need to go into five digits. So that should be the next expansion yeah just like one more digit one more digit that's all i want is one more digit what have you been playing mark so i checked out the dragon ball fighters beta yeah that was happening over the weekend Mm -hmm. um man i really wish this wasn't a fighting game because and only for my own selfish reasons that like i think the presentation is really fun yeah i think that uh, when you're even in when you're just in like the lobby walking around and you can change the character that you are like presenting as. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just have like affinity for these characters. And so it's fun to see them so like well represented. Yeah. But it's in a genre that I just doesn't really click for me. Yeah. Were you able to find like any? Were you playing online or just like? Uh, so I guess you probably have to in the beta, yeah. Right? And so basically, what I spent a lot of my time doing was going through the. Uh, it's not even like a challenge mode. It's basically just like the tutorials, uh-huh. right? Uh, and then there's also a replay section where you can watch other people fighting, and then you can be a spectator. Oh, so the replays are like, um, you're watching basically just like like recorded a video. video, yeah, right? recorded video, and then you can uh, react with different stickers. Oh, that's great. Um, and then you can also just be a spectator in. A live match. Did mm-hmm. a little bit of that. I didn't fight a single like live person in oh. this beta. Mm. That's uh, I hadn't heard about it uh, about the beta like going uh, well or poorly on on Switch. Um, yeah, from what I was reading mm-hmm. online, like it went how people expected it to go, which what? was fine. That that's good and great. Yeah, but I I really I enjoyed my time with it. Right. Do you feel as though this uh, quenched your thirst for Dragon Ball Fighters? Yeah, but now I'm kind of like, oh, is there a good Dragon Ball like action game out there? Hey, listener, who knows that there might be a good Dragon Ball action game out there that Mark doesn't know about? You should email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And we refuse to look it up on our own. So please pass that along to us. Mark, let me tell you something that I did uh, this week, which uh, is game related. Um, I was reading a book this weekend, uh, uh, cause I, I went on teen creeps this weekend. That episode should be out on like Thursday. Check out teen creeps. It's a fun podcast. Um, but I needed just like background music to listen to. And I was like, we were talking about how the new smash brothers ultimate on switch has the ability to, um, listen to 
the over 900 tracks of music as though the uh, system becomes a music player. <laughs> Right. Um, and at the time I said, hey, you know, the 3DS does that as well. Um, and so that just like I, I, I was reminded that that is an option that I always have. I can listen to Smash music if I want to, um, which is a great way to like it's such good uh, like background music or like take something that's sort of boring and like make it fun. Not that the book was boring, but like, you know, it didn't have pictures in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I just I just spent a ton of time listening to uh, Super Smash Brothers for 3DS music while uh, reading Lois Duncan's "Stranger with My Face," which were you know incongruous experiences, but great. And it got me thinking about something that they that Nintendo should do with because I think we can agree that having the system on hand to listen to music on is silly right like you're not really going to you have to like plan ahead for that like yeah that this is what you're going to do i'm going to carry my switch around so i can listen to a jazzy arrangement of the luigi's mansion and i'm going to have uh like earphones that have a traditional yes. plug-in at this point which which is isn't more and more rare right more and more rare and it's not like the thing has a uh, bluetooth functionality so you can't even like connect it to a speaker or your bluetooth uh, uh headset or, or whatever um Nintendo's already committed to this, like, a phone app for, like, online stuff. I love where you're going with this. Every game that has a music player in it that is a Nintendo game should just allow you to stream that same music to your phone from that app. That would be amazing. Like, take all the Smash Brothers stuff. You know, uh, Mario Odyssey also has a, a music player in it. I should be able to stream all the Mario Odyssey music from my phone and not carry my Switch around like a music player. <laughs> All of these, I, I think I, I would use it all the time. That's like, such a good idea. And for like the 20 bucks a year, you know, that the totally. Switch Online is going to cost, like, what? An, th yeah, that would be amazing. That would be so amazing. So, Nintendo, take note. I know you don't listen to this podcast, <laughs> but take note. This is a million dollar idea, and you can have it for free because I want the convenience of listening to things on Not My 3DS. It'd be so worth it. We will still be paying you for this idea. Yeah, we would still subscribe to it. When I bought WarioWare Gold, yes. I bought it from the eShop, and I also just picked up Link's Awakening DX at the same time. Yeah. I've uh, been making my way slowly through it, and man, this game is super fun. Is this partially because you want to uh, fill up your roster of potential best Zelda NPCs. Yeah, like revisiting some of these Zelda games that I haven't played for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's such an interesting experience. So I was expecting it to be kind of annoying to have to continually like press start because you only have two buttons, you right. know, as action buttons. So you have and to. And you do get to assign them freely to whatever item you it, want. Right. But I thought that continually having to like change that would be annoying, but it's not really. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about the game that. I don't. Uh, yeah, it, it happens what relatively quickly, right? Like the pause menu pops up and it goes away pretty quick, and the sound is always yeah. But it's like, why do I hate this in like Ocarina of Time? But I on the N sixty four, but right. I it doesn't bother me at all, and I don't really have a good answer for that. But it's it's a really fun game. Yeah, no, that is a solid game. I I think probably one of the best Zeldas. Um, but you're enjoying it. That's good to hear. Uh, I continue to play more WarioWare Gold. Um, you know, great game. Another one where, like, 
take all those take all those little music cues. Absolutely. Put, put them on my phone. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark. Uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might what we might be playing next week. Although maybe not. This it's kind of a slim week. So a uh, couple of games I want to call out. I yeah. guess really just one off the top of my head is uh, Cosmic Star Heroine. Okay, tell me an, about Cosmic Star Heroine. It's an RPG that I have heard good things about. Uh, and uh, the Axe of the Blood God podcast, the US gamer with Cat Bailey and Nadia Oxford, ah, yeah. they were doing a, a playthrough of it and they would uh, talk about it every week. And just from their like experiences with it, I don't know if they ever finished it. I thought they, I think they got sidetracked by some other stuff, but just like the way they were describing it sounded really enjoyable. Yeah. And uh, so, but the problem is that I still haven't finished Octopath Traveler. Yeah. And I hate really like building up a backlog, so I don't think I'm going to pick it up now. Especially of RPGs, right? Right, because it feels like if I don't finish Octopath Traveler, right. Before I move on to another game, I am never going. I don't think I'll ever finish Octopack Traveler. Yeah, I mean, I, I have that same fear about Octopath that, like, uh, something. Uh, yeah, I didn't play it at all this week. I went back to Mario Odyssey, of all things. Um, so, like, yeah, if, if something on a more permanent basis can pull me away, I may never make it back to that game. Um, and anything else in here? Uh, of interest to you I, I got nothing else in the in the list yeah not really all right cool uh let's uh, get out of the new releases oh wait actually could we go back to the new releases and because there's one more i want to talk about sure one second so there's a game called keep talking and nobody explodes yes was this originally a vr title it i don't know okay i i have no idea where this game came from Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was like a mobile title beforehand but i am intrigued by it uh so basically it's like the way it works is or my understanding of the way it works is there's one person who is uh describing to another person how they're supposed to like defuse a bomb yeah and that's pretty much all I know about it. But that sounds amazing to me. And so I love to, these. I like you to like follow instructions. Yeah, or? like what okay. what was the uh, that uh, like space force game or whatever on the phone where? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Like you played it with like two or three other people, and you were supposed to. You know, it was I mean, all I about do like, hate that you just said space force. <laughs> that's not the name of that game. It's right? not the name of that game. It's yeah, where a bunch of people just like have uh, buttons and switches and stuff on their phones, and you have to like call out to the other players like what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so who's, who's got the star throttle? Crash. It's got to be it up. Uh, yeah, and then they do it. Um, and I always think yeah. those games uh, sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. Well, and uh, they're. There is a game that is on Switch that I think I've talked about on here before um, called Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Yeah. Um, which you take control of like up to four people inside one spaceship and you control it together. So like there's one place where you can steer it, like you can move its engines around and another one where you can uh, like put a shield in place. And then there are four different guns that like can all be controlled separately. But you have to physically run around this uh, spaceship in order to do it. Um, and yeah, all of those games that require that sort of close coordination with another human being right there in the room, super cool. But 
they are not nece- always necessarily fun, though. And so that's why I'm kind of true. waiting to see what reviews are for this, because it seems like something I would be interested in, but um, I'm not quite ready to put my money where my mouth is. Uh, and also, it should be noted that Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes uh, is the sort of unexpressed contract of this podcast is that if one of us stops talking at, at any moment, uh, the whole room will explode. Yeah, it's like speed. Right. And then the movie. <laughs> that's right. Not the drug. That's not at all like the drug. Okay, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, our discussion topic today is who would you be in the DC universe? And now, yes. Oh, no, go ahead. I think we are both about to clarify yes clarification a singular point clarification is not who would you like to be batman but who would you be yeah Ugh. that's tough because neither mark or i fight crime neither of us are particularly violent people neither of us are particularly fit <laughs> no no this is true um so that sort of makes me feel like i would be uh you know gravitating towards one of the like Sciency characters, but mm-hmm. not in a super sciency way, right? right? I'm no like Mr. Terrific, smartest man on earth, right? What I think probably is I would be is it Alec Holland, the swamp thing? I think so. So I think I would be possibly pre transformation swamp thing <laughs> where I would be like in my lab and I would be like too focused on my stuff. And, like, I wouldn't come home when I'm supposed to. Uh, and then I would fall into a swamp and, I mean, die. This is actually a thing that happens to this character, is that he dies and then, like, the consciousness of the swamp assumes his identity as a swamp monster. So you're saying, though, that, like, you Me. would not be that part of it. You wouldn't get to these uh, swamp monster. Well, it's like it's like the uh, it's like the Star Trek uh, transporter question. Oh, of, sure. Like, is that new? Uh, th- is that new you on the other side of the teleportation still you, or, or is it the, a new entity with your like with memories. your memories and your sensibilities? Yes. Meanwhile, you just evaporated on the <laughs> on the field there. So this is maybe like aiming a little too high. Yeah. But I think I could be a. Pr- Pretty solid Jimmy Olsen. Okay. All right. I don't think that's aiming too high at all. Uh, Jimmy Olsen is a uh, consummate punching bag, right? Uh, he He's a photographer? A, uh, yeah, photographer. Yeah, okay. A little bit annoying. Right. And sometimes a lot annoying. But always... Earnest. And lovable. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Right. These are roles you could fill. Yeah. I think that's fine. Uh, yeah. Do you I, think so you could live in Metropolis, though? Um... Yeah, I think I could. <laughs> I think I could because yeah. it's just like Chicago, right? I think it's more like New York. No, Gotham is New York. I think they're both New York <laughs> plus New York City exists. One of the craziest <laughs> things about the DC universe is that it assumes an economy where three New York-sized cities are all like 
within just a couple miles of each other. Right. I mean, if we're going seaboard. by like the DC cinematic universe, yes. Then Gotham and Metropolis are like right next to each other. I mean, they're all like across the yes, river. Yes, and New York exists. Like all of these things are <laughs> crazy. Wait. So what's the Detroit equivalent? Is there one? Well, there's uh uh yeah. So where where's Star Lab? That is actually just in Detroit, right? Like Star Labs is in Detroit. Um, because there are uh, like the um, Central City and um, Keystone are both uh, like in the Midwest, right? Right. That they're like Missouri area. Yeah, I always think of Central City as St. Louis. I think I actually badmouth St. Louis once. Oh no! <laughs> on accident on this podcast. Uh, that's okay. Um, take that, St. Lu- St. Louisians. Uh, and then Coast City is L.A. Right. Um, but maybe without the. Uh, like film industry bent to it, like it's kind of a mix between. Uh, it's maybe more San Diego than anything else. Um, are there other cities <laughs> in the DC universe? Okay, if you, uh-huh. um, I'm trying to think. So, all right, Swamp Thing is a good one. Thank you. Uh, let's I mean, say maybe, you have maybe to be also Bat- you have to be a Batman oh. related character. Oh, okay. Have to be a Batman related character. Yeah. Uh, jeez, do I have to say the Mad Hatter? Oh. I guess we'll never know. I guess we will never know. Uh, we were <laughs> we were accompanied today by someone. Hold on, I lost my notes. We were accompanied today by the Royal School of Speech and Drama. Um, all right, Mark, let's get into the news. All right, some new details emerged about the Switch's online service last week. But, I mean, like, new details in really heavy quotes. Yeah, both the new and the details part, I think, are are, are suspect. I mean, uh, as far as new things go, we learned that the service is going live the second half of September. Yes, so we already knew September. We had it narrowed down to a 12th of the the year. Now we are narrowing it down further to a 24th of the year. Uh, We're getting closer, Mark. But I think that pretty much is like the end of the new information. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. So Nintendo's Twitter used a screenshot of Super Mario Brothers 3, noting that you will be able to play NES games like this one with your friends online. Cool. They also are sticking with this anywhere, anytime language, which doesn't really make it sound like a streaming service necessarily. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that I still don't... I mean, obviously, if you are playing online with your friends, you would need to have an internet connection. But like, if they... Because they're saying you can play these anytime, anywhere which to me includes on the plane without an internet connection. Um, and I just hope that's the case. I hope there's a way to download these games. They're so small, right? Like in, in terms of, of data, you should be able to either stream or download them, I think. No, I, I, I totally think so. Uh, and then also, there are, it's going to launch with 20 games, 20 NES games, only 10 of which we know about. Right. So there's still 10 just like out there. Um, they have a lot of heavy hitters in those 10, though. So, I mean, they've got a lot of crap in there, too. It's, <laughs> it's soccer, balloon fight, tennis, ice climber, Donkey Kong, Dr. Mario, Super Mario Brothers, just regular old Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, and The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, so I guess there's like four, maybe five, like it's really like half like, and half. Yeah, yeah. Um, because like I'm gonna play balloon fight, but that's kind of the problem. I mean, I'd, but I would rather play Balloon Fight than soccer. Uh, well, I'd rather play soccer than Ice Climber. So <laughs> I, mean. I, I just feel like uh, it doesn't bode well for the other 10 
Oh, you think that the other 10 are going to be worse than these? No, I think it's going to be a, a similar mix. Oh, sure. Right? And I think that's where the disappointment for me that it's just going to be NES titles. Yeah. Like we've discussed with the NES Classic Edition, like, I don't feel like there are a ton of the NES games that Nintendo likes to keep surfacing that have a lot of replay value for me. Because right. I don't love arcade titles. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, it is interesting that some of these games don't appear on the NES Classic. like. Their whatever their priorities are in selecting which NES games to like champion, uh, there seems to be no consistency to it. Like why, why soccer? Well, why soccer? Why tennis? Like those those seem like such weird choices to why me. Why ice climber again? I guess maybe for the online aspect of something of those types it's of multiplayer. games. Right. Look, if the original ice hockey on NES isn't on here, I'm gonna go nuts, Mark. I love ice hockey on the NES. It's so good. You can get a team full of fat hockey players. It's the best. Skinny I, hockey players if you want. I mean, really, for me, honestly, out of these 10 titles, the one I will probably return, like play the most, return to the most, is Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. Great game. Uh, I mean, Dr. Mario is also on here. Um, right. And so right. I can appreciate for people, like, Tetris is on here. You know, so there are, like, but... I, it's, it's a... Sorry. We need to calm down. It's, oh, tennis. it's tennis. It's tennis. It is not Tetris. Oh, what a nightmare this <laughs> has turned out to be. For a second, my heart was in my throat, and I was like, Tetris? <laughs> you're no, right. Tetris, no, you're Tetris right. is not on here. Ugh. Okay, well, as long as we're talking release dates, nebulously set for sometime in September, Yes. Uh, that's when Undertale is making its way to Switch. So, I'm excited about Undertale. I am worried that this will be the game that dethrones Octopath for me. Maybe not in my heart, but the one that makes me stop playing uh, Octopath. Uh huh. Um, because it is also a you know menu-based um, combat RPG, but uh, has a great sense of humor about itself and knows you know knows everything that you know about thirty years of this kind of role-playing game and uses it against you and with you. Um, so I'm. I'm very excited for this game. Are you excited enough to pick up the $70 collector's edition? Mark, like, you know I'm not. <laughs> it comes with a storybook, a soundtrack, a gold locket, and sheet music. I mean, just based on that description alone, it sounds like it could be a special edition DVD of The Secret Garden. Hey. Uh, I'll thank you to keep your eyes off of my bookshelf. That is my special edition of The Secret Garden. And no, you may not borrow it. I'm not dropping this. As part of Nintendo's recent financial report, uh, the company disclosed that they have sold 727.65 million units of hardware, starting with the NES. Um, it's a few. That's a that is a couple. They've sold they've sold some hardware. I mean, I, I'm assuming a lot of these are the Virtual Boy. Am I right? <laughs> Say the Virtual Boy sold like point seven. Is this thing million. on? Is this thing? <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've uh, they've made a lot of different consoles to get to that seven seven hundred twenty seven point six five million um, pieces of hardware. They they broke it down a little bit further um, into um, handheld versus consoles. The hand they so they've sold more handhelds than they have home consoles. Four twenty seven point one one million handhelds and three million point five four million or home consoles. Three hundred point five four million. Yes, you're correct. I I for some reason that's like I'm always surprised at how uh not awesome a lot of Nintendo's like home hardware did 
Yeah, I mean, like the NES did really well, and the it was like a s- continuous decline until the Wii. Until the Wii, and then and then like with the Wii U sort of like picked back up where the GameCube left off, and was like, oh yeah, we were on a decline. <laughs> um, and it's only with the the Switch that maybe that trajectory has changed. Whereas on in the handheld space, you know, they've had varying degrees of success, but it's all been success. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, is that Mark? What percentage of that is Pokemon? Because like they sold That's a great question. They sold a lot of Game Boys before Pokemon came out, like for sure. Tetris was huge. You know, like everyone I knew had a, a Game Boy. Everyone's dad had a Game Boy. Like it was just, it was everywhere, and it was indestructible, and it was just ubiquitous. Um, but then as soon as Pokemon came out, then it had this like extra X factor, this like phenomenon thing where like you just needed to have the new Nintendo handheld if you wanted to play Pokemon. And there was a long time where just everyone did. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, it helps explain how they sell uh, 427.11 million handhelds. And also what makes it so interesting to have the Pokemon on Switch now. Yes, yes. And I, I wonder what that does. Um, I, uh, only like half read this headline so forgive me if i am spreading falsehoods now um but i read somewhere uh today that uh pre-orders of pokemon let's go uh pikachu and let's go eevee um have dropped significantly um from when the game was announced and that it people rushed to pre-order it and then maybe there has been like some uh tempering of expectations and now people are canceling uh pre-orders leading to the uh, sort of conclusion that people aren't as super hyped about this Pokemon game as like a system seller as they would be for like a new one or you know whatever comes next in in the in the Pokemon line. Yeah, I think it will be. It'll be interesting to see how the Let's Go series does. Yeah, and I mean the Pokemon company is definitely and Game Freak are definitely hedging their bets a little bit because they have been very out in front of uh let's the let's go series being like this isn't the core one that's coming in 2019 right this will be a cool game but it is not there's another one coming i i also think that you know for the type of people who pre-order pokemon games yeah let's go probably is a disappointing entry sure you know it's uh not that like breakthrough hd experience people were expecting right it, it's, it's not the pokemon mmo right you example. know like it really is uh a different you know like uh more kid friendly for lack of a better term like beginner friendly i don't really know but it's like you know that target audience is not going to pre-order games and they're definitely not going to pre-order games like in august yeah i mean that is another thing is that we've got a little while till this game comes out so any of those pre-orders that backed away could also you know jump back in later uh, last week at QuakeCon. But oh, that- hold on, wait, before oh, we move yeah, on yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I, I thought this was interesting, uh, that um, it was either this week or last week that um, Sony uh, was celebrating the fact that they had sold, um, or that they had crossed the 500 million PlayStation units sold. Um, their hardware sales have surpassed 525.3 million. Uh, and, you know, Sony is celebrating this with a, uh, like, limited edition 5 million um, PlayStation 4 Pro uh, thing. And that's, uh, you know, like 200 million fewer than Nintendo um, on fewer pieces of like fewer like. Yeah, like the fact that Sony's at 500 million units when Nintendo's at like 727. Yeah. You know that they're really only 200 million units behind 
after starting like 10 years later and not yeah. having the Game Boy, not having the NES, not, you know, is speaks really highly of Sony's success. Well, I mean, the, the PlayStation 2, and the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 1, and the PSP all sold like crazy. Um, the PSP because it was like a weird little pirate machine and the PS2 because it was everyone's first DVD player. Um, but now the PlayStation 4 is an immensely successful piece of hardware as well. It's the top, you know, selling current generation hardware. Um, like when Sony makes a machine that succeeds, it succeeds. And then they make a Vita and they make a PlayStation 3 and they make PlayStation VR. But like the stuff that really kills, really kills. That's all. Our, uh, okay, for real this time. Last week at QuakeCon, Bethesda debuted a new gameplay trailer for Doom Eternal, the follow-up to uh, Doom. Yeah, the like 2016 yeah, um, relaunch of that series. Uh, the trailer also revealed that the game is heading for Switch, and we found out it's coming to Switch day and date with the other versions. Which is cool. This makes the like first Bethesda game that is, uh, you know, we, we've seen, obviously... Um, the 2016 Doom and uh, Wolfenstein 2 and Skyrim and Skyrim, but all of those were like after the fact, um, after the initial releases, also being ported over to Switch. It's cool to see um, that they're actually doing like, no, this comes, this is, you know, it obviously won't be as the to the same level of fidelity as the other releases, but like it's coming out at the same time. Yeah, which and is pretty cool. Which is it's coming out in summer 2019. Uh, Panic Button is working on the Switch version. They say they're targeting 30 frames per second. I've got to say, I really enjoyed my time with the uh, Doom on Switch. Yeah. And I'm really excited for this one to be coming out day and date. I'm also really interested to see how it does. Because mm. I think that the Switch is a different gamer base than Nintendo platforms have been for a long time. And I think there are a significant number of people who that like portability factor is a huge selling point. Oh yeah, a absolutely. And I mean even if even if that uh like your normal like your day-to-day -day gaming diet isn't a, a game that is like Doom Eternal, uh, just the fact that you are able to take it and play it on the same platform that you're playing everything else on, you're playing Mario Odyssey and Zelda and Fortnite and whatever, um you can just stay there and there can be in bed, it can be in the living room, it can be on the train, it can be on a plane. Um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, I will also be interested to see, uh, where it ends up in sort of like where the sales are for this. Yeah. Thing. The switch just feels like a different beast yeah, than totally. like previous Nintendo consoles. So, uh, it's really exciting to see it coming day and date. Uh, however, yes, for every up, there is a down, uh, we have just upped prepared a down. N Ubisoft has announced that they have canceled the switch version of steep steep mark we should have seen this coming we should have but uh, we all forgot that it was ever supposed to be coming in the first place <laughs> uh steep was what a snowboard game or something yeah a downhill snowboarding game that was i think one of you know like the first third-party games announced for switch and then we heard nothing except rumors from ign that development was not going well and this of course seems to confirm that Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh Twitter user at RJISA Gamer. RJ is a gamer, is how I read Oh it. yeah, of course. No, that makes total sense. Uh asked the official steep Twitter account for an update on the switch port, and this uh the company replied, 
Hey, RJ is a gamer. We are wholly dedicated to supporting the live game and made the decision to stop steep development on the Nintendo Switch platform to focus on bringing new live content and challenges to steep players instead. We'll have more exciting news to share soon. So there you go. If you demand an explanation of a company on Twitter, they will give it to you and it'll actually be an honest answer. (laughs) Crazy, right? So I guess if you pre-ordered it, go to GameStop and get that money back. Maybe put it towards. Did you put Pokemon money Let's down Go? on Steep? You have pre-ordered to. at GameStop. You ha- you have. I mean, if you pre-order at a GameStop, you have to put money down, don't you? Man, place is a scam. Because like, if you pre-order anywhere else, they don't charge you until like you get the thing, right? Well, like uh, on Amazon or Best Buy. Or- well, I don't know if you pre-ordered like a physical copy in Best Buy. You maybe have to put some money down. Mm, I really don't know. Yeah, I haven't pre-ordered a game for a very long time. In retail. I do it all the time digitally for no reason at all. There's no benefit. (laughs) Uh, Nintendo released a new trailer for Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee last week, showing off some familiar locations, along with some super cute new walking animations for the various Pokemon. Uh, Yeah, did you see people freaking out about the the Ivysaur uh, animation? Oh, because he's like... He's like hopping around like a frog. Oh. Instead of walking around with like the... It, it answered the question of, like, does it move like a turtle or does it move like a frog? And I guess it was hopping like a frog. And people were like, no, no. <laughs> but, like, it's obviously a well, frog. Well, no wonder people are canceling their pre-orders. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the game looks cute. We get to see, um, you know, Team Rocket and, like, some of the gym leaders and stuff. Um, and it looks an awful lot like the cartoon from the 90s. Um, and, I mean, it... Yeah, it, it looks cute. It looks like what it's supposed to look like as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I look, I've pre-ordered, I've pre-ordered the little Pokemon ball thing. Yeah, yeah you're all in. So I, I am pretty much all in at this point. Um, have we talked about which version of the game you're getting? You know that I'm like a dumb sucker who's going to get Pikachu. That's right. You are a dumb sucker. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> um, we also got to see that there are mega evolutions in, uh, in this version of the game. They showed uh, Blastoise, uh, Venusaur, and um, both versions of Charizard. Uh, so that's, you know, a more modern uh, Pokemon mechanic making its way into what is effectively a remake of Yellow. Uh, which I guess is, uh, I, I saw people excited about it. I don't really know what to make of this. What do you think, Mark? Uh, I, you know, I understand that it's a little bit like Pokemon for babies, but I'm, I'm, I'm in. I really yeah. am. Goo Goo Gaga <laughs> is basically Pokemon for babies, you know, pass me a rattle and uh, a pacifier and give me my Pokemon. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember to come back on Thursday because we are going to be predicting what the final Nintendo game on the 3DS is. Uh, I, Mark is laughing at me because I put like my fingers to my forehead as though I'm like tapping jo- into the third eye. Or <laughs> right, something. or like Johnny Carson. Yeah, I'm Karnak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share things. Real life. It's a good place to share this as well. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. The show is at Nin Cart Society. Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our comic book reviews and discussions on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. 
For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers, Mega Evolving into some sort of mega form. And uh, thanks for listening.